hot intro there, Kay. Oh, thank you. Are, are you all right? I said that weird, didn't I? <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> you embrace in your inner culture. Uh, no, like seriously, man, I need to get out of Galway. This is like lockdown needs to end. Well, I mean, that is just not going to happen if uh, Kildare has anything to do with it. God damn, we're good at this. Like, I never thought the whole county would be put on detention, but now that it's happened... I don't know why I thought it would be any different. Uh, Like, legitimately, this is what it is. Like, this is us being caught down the back of home ec messing again. And, you know, we were on our last warning. We only have ourselves to blame when you think about it. Well, you know, according to Sister Goretti, anyway. Goretti? Yeah, Sister Maria Goretti. She uh, taught us home ec for three years. Three years, yeah, yeah. Goretti, though. Yeah, Maria Goretti. She was a martyr in Italy, I think. Big in the 60s. Saints were big in the 60s. Well, Ireland in the 60s. Oh, yeah. This country, man, I swear. like, Isn't she like the patron saint of like rape victims, though? I feel like we should be kind of nice about her, at least. Yeah, like her saintly backstory thing is that this guy tried to rape her and she somehow managed to make sure it didn't happen I think and and like so he stabbed her instead yeah like 14 times you know how many times she was stabbed the number was uh, was always a big part of the story when when we were told it so yeah yeah that and the fact that she forgave the rapist guy just before he died she was only 12 wasn't she yeah she was one of the like youngest saints to be canonized I think like it happens super quickly people in Italy were like super affected by that story from yeah yeah young women that get sainted I think get a lot of love yeah yeah we're a big lord's house alright that's Saint Bernda right yeah do you know she had like 18 visions like all like one day after the other like on like subsequent days that's a lot that is a lot are you sure like I really thought that was just like once or twice. No, like 18 times. And she didn't say that the person she saw was Our Lady until like the vision told her who she was and stuff. A bunch of people thought she was like making it up. But like the fact that like her story didn't change and the fact that even there was that detail and stuff. Yeah, when she was questioned by the Vatican, I think everyone sort of believed her after that. And it was division that told her that the water could like cure people and stuff. Has anyone like ever been cured at Lourdes though? Also, how in the Jesus do you know so much about this stuff, Saoirse? Like, aren't you? Yeah, Chloe, Chloe, don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh my God, for the record, again, I'm not Protestant. <laughs> I, and I just like to read about this stuff. I don't know. Like, it's, I read into Lourdes cures before, too. Um, there have been lots of cures reported that, you know, can't be explained medically or whatever. So, like, get classed as miracles or whatever. Like, bones healing, sight restored, lots of TB cases cured immediately. TB was very big when, when this all came about. Like, are we just going to, like, like, sir, am I the only sane person here? Like, why, why would a well-read, intelligent person like you, sir, like, read into this stuff? Why is, I feel like I'm going crazy here, man. Why, why wouldn't I read into it? Because, man, there's no reason to. Like, the church, dude, like, it's a source of oppression. Like, in Ireland? I mean, come on, they're responsible for so much. Like, so many abuses, like, so much shame. Like, why, why would you support them like this? Why would you read up on it? Reading up on something isn't supporting it, Katie. It's making sure you're informed. Informed about saints. Well, like, no, that's just for fun. But, like... 
how can I know I don't believe in something if I don't know anything about it? What? So like you've read all the Catholic propaganda that's out there? It's not necessarily propaganda, Katie. Some people get real comfort and meaning from it. I mean, I don't, but some people do. Yeah, like you don't because of the abuse of power and disregard for the people within the church that the Catholic community like exercises running out of words right now yes you are you are running out of words and that's okay <laughs> but no you're you're right that those are the reasons why i wouldn't consider myself a catholic okay well then like why are we talking about saints because i can talk about stuff that i find interesting katie you're not the gatekeeper of what we can and can't talk <laughs> about <laughs> She might have. I kind of did. No, but like, no, seriously, like, but why? Why? Why would you be interested? Like, what started this? Have you been, like, doing this reading since you were in, like, what, primary school or whatever? No, no. It was a couple of years ago. I was watching that movie, you know, uh, La Vie en Rose um, about uh, Edith Piaf, the singer. Be real with us right now. Was was that whole situation? Did you just bring up that movie so that you could say that name? Uh, well, I think I said it wrong. So. Yeah, like I didn't want to say, Saoirse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's um, there's a sequence in that movie um, during it is childhood where she has like this serious like eye infection condition thing that like totally blinds her. Um, the people that are like looking after her at the time, they pray um, to St. Teresa, who's like known as this like tiny child saint um and they just i don't know just the way they were talking about her i just found it super interesting like praying to this tiny saint girl for the health of another tiny girl so you know i don't know it just yeah i found it interesting so i like read up on her and like she was super interesting like she did like loads of these like really good works but had this like really complex kind of life in like a really simple way like clearly she didn't like do much in her life because she like went to the nunnery or whatever but like the dynamic that she had with the other nuns in her order and her actual biological sisters and stuff and then kind of she had this whole like philosophy of life that other people decided to follow it's just really interesting I don't know um so then I kept kind of went into kind of a wormhole with it like reading about other saints like that like Saint Bernadette Saint Maria Goretti Saint Bridget Saint Francis of Assisi I know he's a gentleman but still this whole thread so far on the show today really puts that conversation where we couldn't stop laughing at the name Fanny into perspective doesn't it uh, I stand by that conversation as the absolute highlight of series 2 and I will not be argued with on that point all kind I don't know that anyone could argue with you on that one Chloe I mean that's that's just a fact yes yes it is Saoirse thank you thank you very much uh, well, look seriously are we just gonna like sit here and pretend like we haven't spent the last what seven minutes talking about the actual church and saints and religion and stuff like genuinely we're just gonna let that hang there why can't you just let that go okay we talk about lots of stuff the wrong the church has done like far outweighs the good man like this isn't okay but does it have to like exist in an equation like that do we have to like work it down to like net benefit can the good things coexist with the bad things no, like, I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. Like, sometimes I think they can. And others, I think that, like, that way of thinking, like, ignores the severity of the wrongs that were done and stuff. Yeah, like, like, clearly, like, the church being so, like, oh, anti-same-sex relationships and, like, anti-choice and all that stuff is just, like, it's just not okay. But, like, it's not. But, like, at the same time, like, I've got this cousin that, like, wouldn't have been able to get himself straight without, like, the Matt Talbot trust out in Ballyferma. Like, it's not like they were saying rosaries or nothing to get his head right, but, like, 
it's not like the place wasn't set up by a nun and like it didn't like it has help from the church and all and like would there even be interest in helping addicts in like Ireland without like Matt Talbot you know like I understand what you're saying and that's all great stuff but like the only thing I can hear in my head over and over right now is Matt Talbot is a Dublin thing Matt Talbot is a Dublin thing you don't yeah. have to listen to this yeah like I've I've never heard of him I would just stop the venerable Matt Talbot like as in Talbot Street it's who it's named for. Like, it's seriously. Talbot. Oh, like Talbot Street. Okay. That is a personal attack. And I'm not going to rise to it. Okay. Because if I do, you're just going to keep going. And you're going to be saying Delir Street wrong and all. And I'm just not going to invite that kind of nonsense into this show right now, Katie Murphy. And I'm having it. Okay. It's like no one say anything about Dorset Street. <gasps> It is Dorset Street, Saoirse Flannery, and you know it is, don't you? And you from Drumcondra, you, you, a proud Northsider, how dare you? How dare you gold me like this? I will not be treated like this. I will not be treated like this in my own home. No, I can't. I'm not going. No, I'm not going to get into this bullying, which is what it is. Yes, yes. To your point, Clint, I suppose Matt Talbot is a Dublin thing. He, yeah, he was, he was this real poor bloke. Yeah, he like left school and like went to work when he was like twelve or something in like this off license. But like he got into boozing while he was working there, and like he was a proper like proper rage and alcoholic by the time he was like thirteen or whatever. Like then I think he was like broke and he was like borrowing money off loads of people and all but like something happened and he like had enough and took the pledge so like and after that didn't touch a drop nothing um, and like he was just this normal bloke he'd just like be walking around doing whatever people do um, go to River Island you know get uh, no he didn't get a sneaky nagging so I suppose he just went to River Island Anyway, um, I shouldn't be talking about a venerable saint like this. Um, but yeah, when he died, um, he took a heart attack or something and uh, people on the street like took him to the hospital. But like when they were like examining him or whatever, they saw he was wearing all these like chains and ropes and stuff under his clothes. So he could like, I don't know, offer up suffering to like our lady or something. But like since then, like he's been like the guy for like groups for like helping people get over like addiction and alcoholism and all yeah like that's another thing about the whole like religious thing like AA and like Al-Anon and stuff or they not the same thing no no um, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous so like AA and NA they're for like people who like want support in helping them recover from alcoholism or, or narcotics addiction um, and then Al-Anon and Alateen for, for teenagers are for people that have a relationship with an alcoholic like a spouse or, or a family member or, or, or a, a, a parent yeah yeah and um like they would have all started off as as religious organizations. Yeah, but like those steps and stuff. Like, isn't that all about like giving yourself over to a higher power because you can't be like in control of your own life? You have to like hand over control of your life to God or whatever. Like, and that God is the same God that doesn't allow for bodily autonomy or like same sex relationships or like. Uh, well, like I um. Yeah, I thought that, um, but 
No, it, it seems to be more about like just support, like the whole higher power thing seems to differ from person to person. Um, it's more like if there is, yeah, an addict in your life, you can't fix it. You can try to get out in front of it all the time and like think you're two steps ahead of them, but that just keeps things exactly the way they are. And like, if anything, you're kind of giving your life over to the addict or the, the addiction or whatever it is, the, the weird relationship that you have going on. Um, but yeah, by saying that you can't do that anymore and need to hand that responsibility somewhere it's not yours anymore because it's not getting you anywhere so uh, yeah you're just handing it off to something or nothing I guess but yeah by by doing that you you can kind of see who you are kind of and see who the addict is and try to live differently with them if uh if that if that'll work sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't from what i've heard that's really cool clay yeah i thought so like it's weird because obviously the whole catholicism thing is hard for me like like that's all i'm saying man but but i remember when i'd go light candles with my nana or like how proud I was when I learned all the mysteries of the rosary and stuff when I was in primary school. Like, right? Yeah, like, I can't remember none of them now or nothing. But, like, I still have my prayer book from when I got my communion. Like, I still have the bottle of holy water my auntie brought me back from knock, you know? Yeah, and, like, that's nice and everything. But, like, surely there doesn't need to be a church calling the shots, is what I'm saying. But you're the only one talking about the church right now. Like, I agree with you. Like, I remember I was down in Cork with a friend of mine. Um, we were going canoeing with uh, with her family. Okay, that's grand. Don't need to take no vitamins today. That's my dose of uh, vitamin sunshine and unicorn shit right there. You couldn't come up with anything better than unicorn shit, really. I am out here with fresh material every week. Okay, Katie? Okay? You call that fresh Will material? Will you two stop fighting for like actually two seconds? Sir, she was telling you something. Oh, like it's not even that big a deal. No, no, come on. You were canoeing for some reason. <laughs> well, okay. So like, yeah, this was before the marriage quality vote. And yeah, we went to, we went to mass. And um, this priest actually like said out loud during the prayers of the faithful that like he was looking forward to everyone offering their prayers that like the referendum would be like a no vote. <laughs> yeah. And like, so, so I walked out and waited outside until the mass was over. Before the marriage equality vote, wouldn't you have been like, what? Yeah, I was, I was 14. Shit, man. I have never been more attracted to you than I am right now, Okay, Sergio. that is 100% because I don't have my camera on, Clee. You would want to see the state of my hair today. It is super, super, super gross. <laughs> like, I kind of find it hard to believe. Like, I mean, we've all seen Sarah after a week of not washing her <gasps> oh hair. Oh my God, remember when I took out my bobbin and like my hair stayed in the ponytail like on its own? Oh, good times. What? Why are you so gross, man? Why? Why? I don't understand why. Like, I don't agree with Katie on an emotional level often, but like, <laughs> it is not okay how gross you are, Sarah. Why are you so gross? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense, man. <laughs> so, sad. so weird. I'm so confused. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the thing, like, I gen- this is very strange. Like, I did not expect us to start talking about religion, of all things, or how gross I am. Um, but um, weirdly, weirdly, that is kind of the perfect lead in to, to what we're going to talk about today. Um, super weird. Um, but yes, um, because beautiful listeners. We don't have another book. Um, We had six books for um, our series on unusual heroines. But um, yeah, we fancied doing an extra bonus episode for you. Yes, our decidedly ridey listeners. We do have some very attractive listeners. So we, yeah, we decided that we, yeah, we have all recently watched a TV series that actually kind of fit the the framework for for this um, this particular series. Uh, We watched it over the past couple of weeks on Saoirse's insistence. I wasn't like insisting. I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, something that wasn't BTS. (gasps) Oh my God. Why? Oh my God. Why, Saoirse? Why? Why? I don't know why. Did did you you see? I'm so sorry. Got my boys. (laughs) (laughs) My boys got to number one on the billboard (laughs) chart. No, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just... (laughs) And he looks so good in the new music video. <laughs> and he had a donut. And I'm just so happy that he's able to eat a donut. Sometimes I worry that he's just eating like protein shakes. Or like, yeah, so it's real nice that he's like able to at least pretend to eat a donut. And like, and then, and then he was, then they was like wearing like, is this a disco situation? So then they had him like in a suit, like, he was like on the way home from being like a, a, a newspaper reporter, but like a high powered one in like the seventies in New York or something. But also being a Korean man right and um who works out a lot so and knows how to dance and sing and has this hair like so that confusing. and perfect skin and a skincare oh, routine in the seventies. <laughs> I don't think that happened. But yeah. Are you done? Are you done right now? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I am. No, that's actually that's longer than I thought. I was going to get out of that. Thanks, girls. <gasps> <laughs> oh, <it's> just <laughs> so confused. Um, but like, sir, you wanted to talk about not BTS. Yes, which worked out very well for me, as you can see. I, w- I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. So like I was watching, I was re-watching actually um, Chewing Gum on Netflix and I kind of like wanted you guys to all watch it as well so that like I could kind of selfishly like talk about it with you. <laughs> Which yeah is pretty much what happened but it's okay because it's like amazing. Like genuinely like so good. Like I can't handle how much I love Michaela Cole. Like I love her. Like I, I love her too much. She is beyond amazing. I have no words. There are no words to express this it's disappointing it's also quite surprising you know you have the most words out of all of us like genuinely like this is actually a little bit terrifying like my entire worldview is like crumbling right now like is the world ending it, it feels like the world might be ending right now so maybe to give us a little bit of structure here oh my goodness that would be just lovely <laughs> so maybe if we introduce Michaela Cole uh Sirsh, what, what do you think 
Um, okay. Uh, well, we've got the, the Wikipedia version right here. Um, yeah. Michaela Cole is an English actress, screenwriter, director, producer, and singer. She is best known for creating and starring in the E4 sitcom Chewing Gum 2015 to 2017, for which she won the BAFTA Award for Best Female Comedy Performance and the BBC One HBO comedy drama series I May Destroy You 2020. She is also known for her work in other Netflix productions, including guest starring in the series Black Mirror 2016 to 2017, starring as Kate Ashby in the series Black Earth Rising 2018, and starring as Simone in the film Been So Long. Cole appeared in British Vogue's 2020 list of influential women. But that's not it. That's beyond the bare bones. <laughs> okay, well then, you know, why don't you, why don't you fill us in, Sersh? Okay. Yay. Oh. Um, okay. So, um, Miss Cole, yeah, um, graduated. Yeah, she like graduated school and like she tried a few things in college. Um, like nothing seemed to really stick, you know. Uh, so she like she kind of got a bit stuck and um, became involved in a dance group, which, you know, unknown to her at the beginning was actually a Christian dance group. So being part of that and hanging out with those folks, she she really got involved in, in the Christianity side of of the the dance group thing that she was in and then just really into Christianity in general. Um, so like, she, and she did seem to find a huge amount of like meaning and, and support there. She's got like a story of like, yeah, you know, going to church with, with these folks and, and um, someone saying to her, you know, that she hadn't let like, God into her heart or whatever and and she went and prayed and, and felt something you know and there's just something yeah really kind of I don't know there's the idea of finding meaning somewhere like that I don't know it just kind of resonates with me anyway I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked um but yeah I suppose that's kind of how like you were saying Sarah like the conversation we had this or like at the beginning of the the show kind of sinks in with I guess what we're going to talk about. Well like Tracy's real into Jesus and all. Okay well like you know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here again but but yeah Michaela Cole's experience with Christianity we, we see that in Chewing Gum which she later on wrote and starred in. Yeah so so maybe actually yeah if we talk about Chewing Gum a little um, yeah so yeah so when uh, Michaela Cole I sort of it's really hard to know like I don't want to call her Cole that's just too hard oh, but I don't want to call her Michaela either because we don't know each other as much as I might want that to happen um, but anyway she, she started her journey yeah with Christianity and started writing like poetry um, which she would perform you know so then in performing these poems she like made her way to drama school so just with the different connections she was making with people it was suggested to her that she could go to drama school and they were able to, to kind of hook her up um, so drama school in London in particular being the like artistic kind of liberal sort of place it is she met a lot of people and like got involved in like activities and stuff that like the bible would prohibit and and call like sinful like gay people like homosexuality sure but like sexual freedom bodily autonomy you know equality between the genders you know there's 
Yeah, but like this is my point. Like, like why does Christianity like even come into it when it's like that horrible? Like when it excludes all of these people? Like when it's responsible for like so much division and distress? Like there are people kicked out of their actual families over this. Yeah, absolutely. But like the fact remains that like organized religion, like in this case Christianity, does allow for people to feel connected to something bigger than themselves. Like that feeling could like range from like anything from like a sense of like I don't know serenity and comfort to one of like absolute like euphoria for some people yeah like you know the way you go to confession or something and like you do genuinely feel better afterwards like no like genuinely like no man no seriously Katie like come on like, I mean, some of us have like big shit we're carrying around and like going and saying it to a priest like here I think I might be going to hell could you give me something good to do so I don't feel as though I'm made of pure evil like that genuinely helps us feel better okay but like that's the thing dude like Clee, you're like a really good person like you'd give any of us like your last fiver like i mean like you might have done that a few times how could you be made of pure evil yeah but like, like am i just doing those nice things because that's what holy god wants me oh to my do god, you, you know? say holy god as well <laughs> <laughs> One time I said to Sarah that I was going Holy God's house to light a candle for me nanny and I thought Sarah was going pass out. She was like laughing so hard. I just wasn't <laughs> expecting it, man. Holy God's house. Like, nice. Nice work, I like. like to think so. But yeah, being into Holy God, yeah, it's just a nice thing. And like from like a writing perspective or whatever, like it did give Tracy all that, I don't know, like tension or whatever. Come on, Chloe. Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> like, that's what they say in the sexy fanfics when one of the people banging isn't being clear enough about how much they're enjoying themselves. Okay, like, can we please talk about the book? Can we, or not, what, what is it, a TV show? I don't care. I just want to talk about not sexy fanfic for like a second, please. Okay. Okay. Uh, Clee, will you... Can you read the thingy? I don't know what it is. No, no I know which one you're talking about. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's the summary of chewing gum and what it is and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, in Chewing Gum, Michaela Cole plays Tracy Gordon, a religious Beyonce-obsessed 22-year-old who is fast finding out that the more she learns about the world, the less she understands. Tracy and her mates are in their early 20s, living in an estate in Tower Hamlets, East London. Some of them have full-time jobs, some are in uni, others are already parents. But really, they're all stuck stuck in their youth and trying to coast through their days with minimum responsibility. Future plans don't extend much beyond saving up for the latest pair of trainers, a new car or a Cambodian weave. They live in the moment. Tracy, however, seems capable of more. But growing up in a strict religious environment means she is underdeveloped in many areas. And so her path into adulthood has been interesting. She is wise, but innocent, genuflecting equally to both her idols, Beyonce and Jesus. Living in a swiftly changing London, we watch as she crashes her way through what she should and shouldn't be doing. Like, I don't remember where we got that from, but it is maybe the best synopsis we've had of anything on the show so far. It is genuinely adorable how much you love this show, man. I just really do, though, is the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a really tough time knowing where to start, though. Like, there's the Tracy character just being so disgracefully funny and relatable. Like, there's, like, her relationship with her sister and her mom, which is just so funny and touching. There's, like, her relationship with Candice, who is, like, 
the coolest person ever and you know and that's arguably more touching her relationship with her her relationship with Connor and then like by extension her sexuality and then like on top of all that there's how she like deals with the whole race and class situation like then there's religion as well like Jesus and the flea bag discussion there's so much in here uh, the flea bag thing like really bothers what, me like flea bag the show yeah so actually for folks that aren't aware flea bag is this admittedly fantastic show about uh, I think it was channel 4 as well Anyway, not important. Um, about, yeah, this disaster of a woman who's like trying to navigate her life, which is like pretty much spiraling out of control. She's, yeah, she's this super unsympathetic character and like she regularly breaks the fourth wall by like directly addressing the camera. Um, like a lot of critics when this came out, like they treated this like it was breaking boundaries all over the place and like it had never, ever been done before. But like the thing is, in chewing gum, Tracy addresses the camera like pretty much from the get go, like all the time, and then you know goes back into the situation she's in. It's exactly the same format. So like, the thing is, the lead and majority of cast members in chewing gum were black, while Fleabag's lead and cast were white, which is just like that. There's nothing to say for sure that that's kind of the reason why chewing gum was kind of passed over in the discussion, but it's it is it is. A, f- a fact shit yeah that actually that actually is pretty bad like Tracy like there are differences like Tracy doesn't have the same sort of like despair going on as the Fleabag character like she's like the Fleabag character is like on an actual self-destruction kick agreed yeah and I think from like a style perspective that's the only like meaningful difference I think like the the tone in Fleabag then allows for the, the overall feeling in, in the show to be just more acidic, which which suits the writing. Like chewing gum is a lot brighter and kind of more buoyant or hopeful, you know? Oh, Saoirse with the words. Look at that. <laughs> Am I not being really, like, really wanky though? No, I like it. Go on, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chewing gum is just, I don't know, more cheerful maybe? Which, uh, you know, that might not have been a choice. I think um, Michaela Cole said that like a lot of what she wanted to look at was like watered down by the studio kind of. But like, in a way, I think the show's brightness kind of makes it quite affecting. You know, like, you know, people that are like working class, like Tracy lives in a flat with her mom and sister who are like, yeah, devoutly religious. She's like 22. She works in a corner shop. Her best friend Candice lives with her nan and there's like no mention of where her parents are. Their mates, Carly and Christy, have three kids between them and another on the way and like they can't be more than 21. Like it's grim by Fleabag standards. Like in Fleabag, the main character has her own flat, her own business, you know, and wealthy parents and a well-to-do sister that she can like rely on for money if she gets in trouble. Like even if they are, you know, cold and distant but but like Tracy and the people around her they're so happy like they have no issue with their lives and if they do they're finding a way to get around it like like the blurb kind of said they're living in the moment you know you know so like the thing that's in front of them could be a party it could be a new job or a new boyfriend or turning to God you know they just figure those things out as they come to them and I don't know it's I do think that is quite affecting like not in a oh these poor people kind of way just like that's how life is, you know? I just sort of thought it was it was really real, you know? I'm not I'm not saying that right. You are like so smart. How do I know someone this smart? Like, <laughs> like how do you make that sound like an insult to the rest of us? <laughs> Katie, like there's no reason to take that personally. Like just 
toned the ego down just a little bit. Yeah, Katie. Oh my god. <laughs> maybe, maybe if like we took a look at a script, like maybe that might help. Like, like obviously we can't do like an excerpt of a TV show the way we do with a book usually. But Michaela Cole, being possibly the patron saint of like first time TV writers, she, like actually, she, like genuinely, she posted all the chewing gum scripts on like Google Drive, so folks could take a look at them if they wanted to. Like she is, she's so sound it could be weaponized. And, like she is just oh like I just can't I just I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> so there's so there's a forward thing that she added. <gasps> oh my god, can we do it? Oh my god! <laughs> hey, dude, it's our show. I don't make the rules, man. <gasps> oh my god, you mean it? <laughs> okay, yeah. And like, uh, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure Sersha's going to have to read all of this. Oh no, that's not fair. I did the bio uh, already. Sersha, seriously, like you're going to have to get all of this out of your system. If we let you read this now, then maybe we might be able to get a word in when we're you know talking about this after a real talk. Real Real talk, I'd like, seriously, I'm pretty sure you have to do this, Saoirse. That's just how this is going to have to be. Oh, you are so cute. Um, well, you know, we're, we're actually at the halfway point here. So maybe if we take a little breather, um, we'll stop for an ad and then, you know, we'll come back and you can get stuck in. Saoirse, how does that sound? Oh my God, I can start my vocal exercise. <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I guess Elsie's getting on really well with her bloke during lockdown then. Like, I mean, who is that ad supposed to reach? Like, I, I assume it was just a cathartic thing. Do you frequently flinch when your significant other playfully pokes your cheeks because they're, quote, too rough and might break your glasses? How about passive-aggressively pausing a show when someone remarks on Rachel Evan Wood's character progression? Maybe you rush inside after the grocery shopping so you can smell your new hair wax, then almost cry when you get some on your new sweatshirt. If you do, you probably don't need us to say, you're a little bitch. But help is at hand. Here at the Doyler Centre for Little Bitch Support, we have everything you need to put on your big boy pants and deal with the fact that your favourite t-shirt is in the wash, even though you're going to the pitch and put with Eno in an hour. We're here for you, you absolute little bitch. Doyler Centre for Little Bitch Support. Big boy pants sold separately. to get her past the whole hair gel on the sweatshirt meltdown he had. I think it was a bottle of whiskey this week. Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah. He bought this sexy new bottle of whiskey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gotten into like making cocktails and all, isn't he? Like during the lockdown shit. Why is she with him again? She says he's handsome. I don't know. I don't see it. Oh, so salty, Sarah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He ran in to like smell his whiskey. Oh, that's, that's actually... That's kind of sweet. Right? Like, I mean, like, like he was a five-year-old or something. And he, you know, he got too excited opening it and he sort of broke the cork. And Elsie left him to be upset and stuff. And then when he eventually asked for help, she wrapped it up in like the corner of a sandwich bag and it was all sorted in like 30 seconds. What, like she's his actual mammy? Uh, in fairness, no, okay, we've all kind of gotten excited about something and then throwing a tantrum when it's, you know hasn't worked out. I am remembering a taco fries no longer being available in the chipper situation <laughs> from semester one. Oh, I wonder who that might have been. Like, are you ever going to let that go, man? You cry it, Katie, over the fact that there was no taco sauce left in the chipper, okay? There were curry chips. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> Do you, I mean, I'm not even going to engage with this behaviour. Look, like, I suppose that's a bit of an overreaction. They're chips, Katie. Chips. Okay? It's not that big a deal. 
<laughs> I was just I was just so excited and and drunk, mostly drunk, in fairness. And you only 17 at the time. Mm-mm-mm. For shame, Katie Murphy. For shame. <laughs> Sounded so scary, Chloe. It felt scary, to be honest. Saoirse, I ran out of air and um, sort of closed up my, yeah, it was a bit vampire Sorry, Katie. Yeah, I like, sort of feel like you might have put a curse on you. You know what's great for curses? Buying the person that put the curse on you, like loads of makeup and BTS merch. Oh, actually, yeah, that is referenced loads of times uh, throughout The Charge of the Goddess, uh, which is one of the central texts of the uh, the Wiccan movement, if, I, if I'm right. And I'd like to think you are, Saoirse. Sarah! Yeah, okay, yeah, this this has gone too far. Um, Saoirse, you... <laughs> Before the break, you were gonna you were gonna fangirl over Michaela Cole. Remember, remember, you were gonna do that. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, am I allowed to do it now? You do it, superstar. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. okay. Um, so, so at the start of every episode, yeah, there's like this mini monologue by Tracy. Um, so yeah, we've got the foreword from the scripts that Sarah was talking about. Um, in in the first half, but then as well, ooh, we've got the monologues from each of the six episodes in in the first series. Um, so. Yeah, we'll just we'll get started with that. Oh, oh my god, it's so exciting! Oh my god, you're so adorable! Oh my oh god. My. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so yeah, this is the foreword that uh, Jan Michaela Coles shared when she was sharing um those scripts um before on Twitter. Oh my god, like an actual legend. Um, okay. Um, so w- why is it called chewing gum? Um, Chewing Gum is based on a one-woman show I wrote called Chewing Gum Dreams in 2012. I called the play Chewing Gum Dreams as I was inspired by a poem I wrote. I cannot entirely remember the words. It was something like, Hooded angels circling round the highest floor of a tower block, the highest tower block in London. Their unending circling a secretly shared cipher. On their angelic wings they carry dreams, ambition, love, vulnerability, passion, friendship and family. On their wings they carry money, designer brands, cars, drugs, risk. Hood angels can only carry so much on their wings. Something always has to give. When born in flight, unable to live, so we threw off the loads the world said was nothing to our wings but dead weight. Love, vulnerability, dreams. Off. Dreams falling from the tops of tower blocks. Dreams cascading down window by window, crashing into the cement by intercom doors. Forgetfully squashed into the ground by our designer sneakers. Trainers, shit. (laughs) Deep into pavement like chewing gum. Good enough to be something. Smart enough to know we will never be anything. Chewing gum dreams. Chewing gum is a metaphor in and of itself. It appears to be a story about a girl who wants to lose her virginity. It is about a person on the fringes of society who wants to be included in mainstream society, who has never been included. She wants to be a part of the pain and the joy of being a free human. She doesn't want to be naive. She doesn't want to be wrapped in the cotton wool of Bible verses she is too naive to understand. She wants to face the pain. She understands that she can only notice and value pleasure if she is able to experience pain. I use the metaphor of loss of one's virginity to explore the desire we often have to be part of the world. Like, I mean, that is just so good. (laughs) All right, come on, fangirl, get on with it. Okay, 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 okay. So, yeah, we have we have a couple of, uh, like, there's, yeah, Tracy kind of, so, yeah, there's six episodes, and, yeah, Tracy kind of 
sets the scene for each of them, I guess, when we open on it after the kick-ass theme tune, you know. But what? Okay, we're not going to do that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just run through them just because they're they're just so funny. And I'm probably going to try and do like a really bad like impression. Uh, no, no, oh, I'm, like, I'll try not to. Oh, do um, But yeah, oh, oh, that's just so good. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, um, episode one. My mum was going to call me Alyssa, which means sweet angel in Indian. But when I came out, she looked at me and called me Tracy. <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> Sounds like I eat bacon sarnies and have sex at the back of a bus. I don't eat pork. I don't even want to have sex with my boyfriend in a bedroom. Excuse me, I'm praying with my life partner. <laughs> Tracy's and Ronald's palms are open in prayer position, eyes closed, cross-legged at the edge of a king-size bed. Ronald. Holy Father, we worship and honour you. We thank you for keeping Tracy and I united in six years of courtship. Tracy briefly looks at his crotch and then refocuses. Ronald (laughs) continued. For preserving our virginity thus far. Imagination. They kiss. He throws her onto the bed. She gets on top, licking his eyebrows, brow by brow, sucking his nose, triumphing his leg. Reality, Ronald praying to God. That's just excellent content. That's all that is. Episode two. I always thought white people were bad kissers. Like, it's not their fault. It's just that most of them have really small lips that they can't embrace the challenge of lips like mine. Then they try to compensate for the lack of lips with the tongue and then the tongue ends up everywhere just flapping about. You know, you get my drift. But but Connor was... She sees Connor very subtly practicing kickboxing on a bin. He sees her and slows down to a halt. <laughs> Episode three. Keys, late 40s male, Irish, homeless local, twiddles keys around his fingers tirelessly, wandering around as usual, wondering what's going on at flat seven. Meanwhile, Tracy talks to the camera oblivious. Tracy, if I had a thousand pounds, yeah, I would buy Brazilian yucky hair, same as Beyonce, lip reduction, red velvet cupcakes, Mm -hmm. probably a dustpan and brush for this Mm -hmm. place. Behind an oblivious Tracy, police trudge out of flat seven and lazily put tape across the door. Carly Raven walks past them. She holds her pregnant belly, then decisively falls to the floor. Two police officers rush to her. A third one grabs her rolling pram. Dark Knight bundle. Her baby's name is Dark Knight, which is just amazing. (laughs) That's right. She makes a loud noise. Suddenly, Candice, Aaron and Christy Raven are seen sneaking under the police tape. Ola keeps watch, filing his nails. Tracy to camera. Look at it. It's old. It's all rubbish and boring. There's not even crime here. It's like Diet Cola. It's a fake ass diluted estate. You know, forget the dustpan and brush. I just buy a train ticket and get out. A window from above lowers a cardboard box tied with rope at its edges down to number seven. Candice comes to the door. She passes stuffed bin bags to Ola, who passes them to Esther, who passes them to the ten young residents, all 14 or younger, a mix of Pakistani, Bangladeshi and white kids. They share the load and run, dumping them around the corner. Tracy, to camera, because I want to do something worthwhile while I'm alive, do you know what I mean? And these brick walls, (laughs) they're dragging me back. And I'm like a rose growing out of mud, born a big thinker. I'm very wise. My mind is bare agile. I'm fast. Candice and Christy run. Candice calls desperately to Tracy, who fails to hear. Candice rolls her eyes and sprints off. Tracy, to camera, continued. You know, 
Got my ear to the ground. I'm alert. <laughs> and this place is the opposite of these things. Oh, Not wow. being vain. I mean, I am definitely special. <laughs> Keys approaches. <laughs> Tracy. Yeah, I'm a bit busy right now, you know? She looks to the camera apologetically, <laughs> rolling her eyes. <laughs> Episode four. Connor stands butt naked. In between his legs, we see Tracy lying on his bed, also naked, watching him. Tracy to camera. Connor's dick is big. Not the come up through your mouth and destroy your organs on the way kind of big, More which I've seen on heavy art and which I do not want. Connor okay. hands Tracy an open bag of penny sweets. He throws one into the air. It hits the floor in a failed attempt to catch it with his mouth. Tracy to camera. Connor's dick is pink. And that is interesting. Sort of reminds me of raw chicken skin, but I try not to think about that. I go with a long pink balloon that's now, finally, gonna contend with my vagina. (laughs) Episode 5. Tracy and Connor walking home. Connor glued to his phone. Tracy to camera. Used to think that there wasn't someone for everyone, that you might not find the one actually if you had an ugly side or psoriasis. That's why I settled for my ex, Ronald. I actually settled for a dude who might be gay. Fact. But luckily, I escaped and I found the love of my Tracy sees Joy walking towards the estate. Joy is her mom. Tracy, my mom's come and get away from me. <laughs> she pushes Connor behind the bins and waves to her mom. Connor gets up. They continue as if nothing happened. Tracy, to camera, continued. <laughs> Definitely lucky with this one. Ron was bossy about my hygiene, always wanting to go posh places, but hard cut. Interior, Connor's room. Night, 12.22. Connor reading poetry to himself in the mirror while Tracy combs her hair in it. Tracy, to camera. My boy Connor, well, you know, he's the opposite. He's an amazing poet. Connor Googles words that rhyme with car. Time cut. (laughs) Connor on a games console. Tracy covering her body parts with his bed sheets. Tracy to camera. He's not obsessed with my hygiene. He doesn't care about anything. No posh functions. I mean, I've got a man who don't even want to go outside the house. That's what we all want, Tracy. Um, (laughs) Episode six. Tracy carries a bin bag away from the intercom door. Tracy to camera. When you fall to the bottom, you find out who your true friends are. Joy, from the balcony, drops down the Bible and more of Tracy's clothes and shoes. Tracy doesn't look back. Tracy, continued, shouts to Joy. I don't want them. I have all I need. You've kicked me out of my own home. I'm not pleased. I do not like you anymore. I will not bow, mum. Tracy to camera I'm only going across the square I'll just pop back if I need anything <laughs> are we going to talk about the fact that that was the worst <gasps> East London accent oh my anyone god. has okay. ever oh done oh my god thank ever. you Cleana so much I was like really worried I was going to have to be the one to say it. oh my god the relief oh Jesus it okay, wasn't that bad was it <laughs> it was so hard of fast <laughs> what the hell was that oh, no, I didn't say <laughs> that you, you absolutely did dude oh, yeah it was so bad so bad that is that is deeply concerning yeah yeah it is but um yeah I, I think you've suffered yeah, enough yeah I agree plus we're we're eating into our precious precious time here so um yeah so um we've got so yeah we open on um Tracy 
um, our our amazing protagonist. Oh my god, I love her so much. Um, but yeah, she's so like yeah, she's she's clearly you know she's living with her mom and her sister. She's in this sort of loveless relationship at the beginning with this guy Ronald, and yeah, that's all kind of. Uh, I don't know contradictory to the fact that she's like brimming over with all this life and enthusiasm she's so excited to be in a relationship you know she she wants to be part of of a, a real healthy relationship with with this guy Ronald but instead they're they're kneeling on the floor of his bedroom praying yeah and I mean the thing is like that it's not that Tracy's like uh, thrown off the shackles of religious life or whatever like she she does have a lot of behaviors that are like in line with kind of her upbringing and stuff <laughs> tampons are for whores <laughs> for, for one yeah isn't it weird though that people are like that about tampons though like it's not a willy it's not <laughs> well like i mean no it's not first of all but like everyone should be using like a moon cup anyway so. oh my god katie like are you why are you still talking about this i am not shoving cooking silicone like up my hoo-ha okay but like i don't think it's like cooking grade silicone well i mean that's even worse <laughs> <laughs> no in fairness like a fanny cup is a good investment claw you know you're caught short and you're out of tampons you know it just doesn't happen when when you're using a fanny cup did you just want to say fanny cup twice into one sentence well that was more of a bonus than anything else um my point still stands i feel right but now that's not an issue like i mean if i'm out i just like go to my mom or the girls or whatever like what yeah, do you know, I suppose maybe that's the difference. Like, it's not like I'm going to ring my dad while he's down at super value. A 62-year-old man was rushed to Nace Hospital today after suffering sudden cardiac arrest. Onlooker said he looked at his phone and immediately fell to the floor, gripping his chest. <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> no, no, that is genuinely what would happen. But, <laughs> but no, yeah, yes, Tracy wouldn't be okay with like, yeah, whacking a moon cup up her lala either. She's too, yeah, sort of indoctrinated into the religious dogmatic stuff her mom has told her but then like at the same time she's so goofy and like energetic and like fun that she still wants to experience life she knows that she's missing out on something and it's like losing her virginity is like her gateway to like joyous life experiences kind of you know yeah yeah I'd agree with that and and like and I do love that like she goes for everything with like both feet and gets it like so so wrong like most of the time <laughs> I'm not 17 I'm a grown-up woman I just regularly make childlike mistakes <laughs> right <laughs> no but like she does know a lot like in that like like I guess she kind of like knows herself I suppose like like she knows that like Ronald not wanting to have like any kind of sexual feelings towards her at all like it's not even that he doesn't have them, like he doesn't, but like it's the fact that he like doesn't want to have them either. It's like the idea of going near Tracy is like really like terrifying and and kind of weirdly revolting to him. Like Tracy gets that that's not healthy in a romantic relationship. And it's like, like I know that sounds like super obvious, but like people get like caught up in those relationships all the time. And like, so it's like really cool that she's like aware enough of her own feelings to like pick that up, you know, like even if she does, you know, take steps to force the issue. <laughs> Look, I know sexual harassment is illegal, but it came from my heart. <laughs> such a great line. <laughs> like, I mean, that could be Keats, you know? No, but like, like, still, like, it's not like she's like turning her back on religion or nothing. Like, 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 you know the way we were talking about all them saints and stuff at the beginning? Like, like, they did all like mad stuff, like, and helped loads of people. Like, we shouldn't be saying like that that's not okay. Like, because it's not like Tracy doesn't think that like uh, that people in churches are bad. Like, but, like, Chloe, no one's 
saying that. Yeah, like because like my nanny and like her mom as well, like like I didn't know her obviously, but like the way me mom and me nanny talk about her, like she was a proper saint, like looking after people on the road and all and like going to mass and taking care of people that couldn't take care of themselves and like there were neighbours and my mams that like lived with her for like two years while their mom went and got dried out. Like like there's like there's something to that. Like it's not it's not bad. Like I d- yeah. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, 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 absolutely no, like I I think I get it. No, but like the issue here isn't that, you know, religion is good or bad. It's just kind of like that for Tracy, if she stays in that super dogmatic, strict framework that like her mom and Ronald have kind of set out for her, she doesn't even get to help anyone. She doesn't get to see anyone, really. She just doesn't get to experience anything. She doesn't get to make any mistakes or have any victories. You know, she's she's just stuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's that part where Tracy asks her sister Cynthia if there's, like, anything that she wants from life, anything that Cynthia wants from life, and, like, where does she see herself in the future? And Cynthia says, like, no. Like, when she thinks about the future, she sees the three of them, Tracy, her, and her mom, like, just sitting at the kitchen table exactly the same as they were that day, except they're just older and, like, their mom is, like, really, <laughs> really, really, really old. old yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like, the idea that, like, with religion or, like, religious life, there's, like, this really specific map that you have to follow the whole time. You you walk around completing the same tasks every day and withstanding the hardships that go along with that. Like, the strength that goes into withstanding that is sort of the point of the whole thing. That's the limit of your experience. But you don't experience anything outside of that hmm yeah I yeah I suppose that is a bit like the whole venerable Matt Talbot thing like I don't know yeah I suppose I don't know that I like that whole like offering up your suffering thing like that's not this like I don't know that I think it's the same as helping other people like if you're just suffering till you die like on your own then that's you just suffering until you die on your own innit right but like if you get comfort and stuff from being religious and it helps you engage with other people then like class bully for you innit in it indeed Clina in it indeed <laughs> <laughs> but like life Life is so big and varied and there's so much to experience, you know, love, friendship, fun, food, laughter, sex, you know, so much of that is like forbidden when you're living on like the straight and narrow and offering your suffering up to like a higher power. Yeah, well, like what about like, say, Buddhist monks and all, like, don't they get a lot out of it? Yeah, like, I'd say so. Like, why else would they do it? But like, monks make a decision to live that way, don't they? Like, people can have, like, a really transformative experience as part of, like, a religious group. But, like, with an evangelical approach to your life, you could probably have the same type of experience with people instead of cutting yourself off from them. Hmm. Yeah, like, Tracy... Yeah, like Tracy is really excited just all the time. She's just really excited. Like she, she's excited to be alive and like with the people that are like around her. Like like she loves everybody and like she trusts everybody when she meets them. Like even if they're arseholes, like <laughs> it's actually real nice. Like you see Cynthia there being like afraid of everybody like at Candice's party. Like she's afraid of your man Kay is just walking around the estate being, you know, in fairness, 
kind of scary but like Tracy doesn't have an issue with like no one like and like it does like open her up to experiences I suppose and like it is pretty cool that like you know like Cynthia clearly is like afraid and like a really kind of stick in the muddy kind of character but like it is cool that like Tracy does like get on with her like their relationship is like kind of normal like it it would make sense like if someone was writing that relationship that like they'd hate each other because they're so different but like actually they just act like sisters like they snipe at each other in like small ways but like they genuinely care about each other underneath it like the way sisters like normally would like when Cynthia does end up in actual trouble Tracy wants to help you know I mean, she doesn't deal with it in a way that, you know, actually works or anything. I genuinely can't handle how bad Tracy is at everything. It is possibly the best thing about the whole show. Genuinely, like, she is so relatable, like, in, like, who she is and what she wants. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it might be the best thing about the show. Well, I mean, that and the fact that Tracy does genuinely look like Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) From certain angles. (laughs) Just a sec, though, you guys. Just let's call this out. Search. You are being so good right now, man. I'm trying really hard not to fangirl. Oh, we salute you, my friend. No, but seriously, someone needs to start talking about Tracy's relationship with Candies before I actually explode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, so like, yeah, Candice, Candice is actually the best. Like her and Tracy being so different and like such good friends. Like, yeah, like that's, I think everybody's like that with their, their like bestie, like their they're just ride or die they've been together for so long it doesn't even matter if they're similar or not anymore they just have each other's backs like but are they really that different though like underneath like hmm I don't know like yeah maybe it is just that like Tracy's mom is mad religious and Candice like lives with her nan like who you know isn't <laughs> if all else fails get your tits out oh my god there's the tits <laughs> Candice like knows a lot about like social situations and stuff and like Tracy doesn't but like they're both like real fun and like Candice does seem to like enjoy teaching Tracy about that stuff like yeah and Tracy like seems to like bring like loads of like joy or like silliness or something like to Candice's life like yeah 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 no no I'd like I'd agree with that like there's that scene in the first episode where like Candice does Tracy up for her date with Ronald where like she's gonna try to convince him to like banger nice nice <laughs> sometimes the right words just come man, oh, here, you know? i hear you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah it's just like really class how like unselfconscious like tracy is like she's just, like, yeah she's just like they're living her life like completely on the outside she doesn't keep anything in like she you know she wants to lose her virginity bam she's like asking her mates for help and like jumping on the first boy that she has a connection with we should actually clarify that that's not Ronald's. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, after Tracy gets herself made over, like just like Beyonce, <laughs> it's like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she meets this yeah this local poet guy, mm. kind of, um, yeah, <laughs> called Connor, and like 
yeah that's kind of it like yeah <laughs> like that party yeah like where they get off with each other like that's i don't know that was like real real like you know like she was doing like exactly the thing she was fantasizing about like and them fantasies she does have like that is that was real and all yeah like those fantasies that like come out of nowhere and like yeah get you like a punch in the face like seriously like and like yeah like how like you can't think about anything else when that's happening. Like, <laughs> just genuinely, like, all consuming. All consuming. What? You just can use, like, big words and I'm not loud. Oh, so classist, Katie. Eh, uh, what you saying? Chloe, dude, you talk about being working class, like, all the time, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like, all the, like, the sexual tension stuff with Connor, like, that's all pretty, like, like, there's that bit where he's all, like, leaning over to, like, let her into the building and all. Yeah, <laughs> delete me from your contacts. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> I did really dig that she was like into just this loser guy just because he was hot. Like he, it's not just because he's hot. Like, ah, he's pretty hot now, okay. I, like I know, like yes, he is very, very hot. But like <laughs> he's like he's like yeah, like a poet, like writing poems and stuff. Shit poems. Yeah, shit poems. <laughs> <laughs> like there's still poems about like how great Tracy is and like how much he likes her. Like just the way she is, he doesn't want to change her like Ronald does. I what I think about that though like what can he know about Tracy when he only sees her like around the estate and at the corner shop and stuff yeah but like what does anybody know about someone they want to get off with really like at the beginning exactly that's what I'm saying excellent point Sarah excellent point uh. <laughs> but, but like yeah like you say you see someone out in a coffee shop or like you know back when we could go out or you know when people sat beside you on the bus and stuff oh remember that and you'd be able to like smell their aftershave and stuff. Aftershave. You want to smell Lynx Africa and you know you do. Like, I'm not proud of it, but I do. I really, really do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like the way you dress and like the way you like walk and talk and stuff like that gives off a whack of like you-ness, right? Do you think so? Yeah, I guess. Like, because like you make a lot of choices about how you present yourself and stuff that like, yeah, kind of you you could show up how you are through it like say i don't wear like fake eyelashes or anything because of what you know they represent style the barbification of human females chloe why are we out there with plastic stuck to our eyelids and like our fingertips instead of actual eyelashes and fingernails half the hair on your head right now is probably not yours man i have not had my extensions done in three months and you know i haven't and i'm hurt that you would bring it up that's law katie you're not supposed to bring up the extensions on lockdown that's just a dick move man but being on lockdown is the key consideration just grow your hair chloe eh, i can't grow new hair follicles out my scalp katie how am i supposed to get the volume required for these mermaid curls without extensions i don't know why you don't want me to be happy okay? i want you to be happy like as the person you are man eh, i'm happy with the person i am that also owns amazing set of extensions so it doesn't make any sense man it does make sense are you happy now sarah did you see what you did like i always think we're not going to end up here and we always do which you know makes you the dumbest out of all of us like yeah i, I don't see any other way around that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah so yeah connor let's go back to the show connor does seem to yeah see something in tracy uh like like say with the whole like having sex with her thing like he's mad about her but he finds it hard to actually get down to doing anything like that with her yeah it's like he sees her as like too special to like treat like a slut bag or something like i don't know that i'd put it like that but yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> and it is interesting. Like, like yeah, it's something that like the series goes into a bit. Like people, like I don't know, some people anyway, seem to see sex as something that allows people to like engage with like really dark sides of their like psyche. Like Candice is super disconnected with her bloke because like he's too emotional about their relationship and the physical side of their relationship. Like, and then to get Connor interested in like getting down to the sexing um <laughs> tracy yeah finds a girl who wants to have a threesome with them who's um manky <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but like connor is kind of into it like but just with herpes girl like and and then yeah there's other things like tracy's cousin boy tracy his name is also tracy it's amazing <laughs> like he also has like weird sex things that he brings up that that we're not going to go into here i don't think yeah yeah whereas yeah um whereas tracy just wants to like engage with sex in like a joyous healthy way can we do it when i'm back here and it's like we're on a magic carpet ride that was so cute i don't know like yeah this is like so joyous and like exuberant and I don't know like hopeful kind of I, I don't know I just thought it was like super super awesome and like do you think the way that she was just like so sound and weird like that it made all the like racism stuff like way easier to like listen uh, to because black people are responsible for not only like explaining racism to you they have to do so in a way that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy Jesus Christ Ugh, Chloe hair. No, no 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 Chloe you cannot woke alert me woke on this one this is not a woke alert, man. Racism is a dis- No! It's, it's a disgusting, pervasive, hideous thing that has, like, infected our society and people, like, we all need to look at it no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, man. Like, that time you thought that one black girl with braids was the other black girl with braids, even though the first black girl with braids was, like, a foot taller than the other girl and, and looked nothing like her. Yeah, for one. <laughs> that was really bad, Kay. It, re- <laughs> it really was. Like, I know. Like, oh, it's, it's like, it's because I'm like dumb, not because I'm hateful. I was all like, oh, wow, black girl with braids and glasses. That's Lucy, you know? Yeah, but wasn't Lucy, was it, Katie? No, no, it was not. It was, it was not Lucy. And, and like, that was so racist. Like, it was la- laziness fueled racism. But, like, that's still racism, man. Woke alert! Sorry, I just, I just kind of thought you deserved another one for that realisation. Well, like, I mean, I didn't realise that just there. I mean, I realised it the second it was too late to say, oh my god, I'm so sorry, that was super racist. How am I this white? How am I the actual worst? I promise to fix that in my stupid white person brain. So what did you say then? Oh, I didn't say anything. I just stood there opening and closing my mouth like a dumbass white girl. That is the dumbass white girl thing to do. But like, yeah, I need to like live with that. Like, we all need to live with the fact that there are a bunch of racist things that like seem like they're okay or like that the justification, like, you know, stupidity is okay. But like, it's just not, man. It's it's just not. And like, but the thing is as well, like there's a classism thing in the, in the show as well. It's not just like racism is clearly like the bigger thing, but like the, the yeah, the, the classism thing was, was there too. Like just kind of assuming that like any person you see that like lives in a terror block sells drugs. <laughs> to think I raised you out of poverty. <laughs> I ain't poor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like for real, people, people be 
pink and that. Remember that like Mean Girls party at Christmas? Some culty from like the back of Kerry comes up to me asking like, will I get him coke since I live in the flat? Oh yeah. In the flat? In the <laughs> flats? Like there's only one set of flats in all of Dublin and I live there. Well, you know, when they're not shooting crime watch reenactments. Ah, here, don't you start. But doesn't your nana live on Kevin Street? Yeah. Aunt? But aren't they like corporation flat that is my nanny not me Saoirse okay I live in an actual house with my actual family and I don't know where to get no cocaine okay <laughs> like no but like aside from the class thing that I feel like we need to get out of this wormhole there, there like back to the race kind of thing like I, do you think there is like so much power in like having black folks just be black on screen like do you guys remember that scene in that movie Creed where Michael B. Jordan is helping Tessa Thompson like mend her braids oh my god um, <laughs> Seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you're all so white. <laughs> it was very sweet and very sexy and not something that white girls would get. Here, I like a fella messing up my hair as much as the next girl. Are you genuinely saying that the time and care and work that goes into maintaining natural hair is in any way comparable to someone messing with your hair? And that, you know, some bloke stroking your head like you're a puppy or something is in any way the same as him carefully taking responsibility for the braids that you like sat in a chair for eight hours to get and that you've tirelessly taken care of since? Eh, uh, no? Exactly. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> fears in the host. I need to get back to making that jacket. Oh, you're not really making it, are you, Chloe? Oh, you better believe I am. I am an actual ninja with a glue gun, so... <laughs> you, you have a glue gun. I do, Cleaner. I really, really, really do. So many questions. Diamante, mostly. Oh, well, that's that cleared up then. <laughs> but back to, back to the show. Um, there there was a lot of talk about, like, low-key racism during the filming, right? Yeah, yeah. Lots of instances of, like, black actors being treated differently to white actors um, Michaela Cole being steamrolled on stuff on like her own show like yeah like she did this amazing speech at the Edinburgh TV festival that like touched on it and this vile experience that she had that's actually part of her her latest show yeah that, that speech is well worth a look for, for anyone listening that's interested that that new show as well I May Destroy You that's that's yeah that's supposed to be amazing yeah 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 it's um it's a kind of an account it's not like completely autobiographical or anything but it's like an examination of this experience of sexual assault that that she had oh I heard about this this like it's so horrible right like yeah her her drink was spiked and she was like targeted by two men and oh my god it's just so awful yeah like uh, the th- but the thing is like or not the thing is but like what I thought was really clearly that's all like disgusting and, and horrible but the way that she's incorporated it into this new show it kind of my understanding is it like picks apart the experience and like looks at it from like a lot of different angles um not that it's like without clear heroes or villains or anything but just like yeah not dealing with it in like a traditional way it just sounds really cool yeah like I just I think it's super exciting anytime where like folks try to examine something and like invite the audience to like examine loads of different aspects of a situation because really the the viewpoint does change it like loads like getting caught up in this really dogmatic right and wrong all the time on absolutely everything like in some cases yeah there is an absolute right and wrong I think but like for every situation I do think it's quite limiting and like surely there's there's something that we can gain from like looking at the the ugly and like distressing side of life you know we should like look at that at the end of the next series oh no that's a segue little clunky but you know i'll allow it who are you calling clunky clunky do you like even think about what you're saying before you say it honestly like no 
<laughs> anyway, um, as chaotic as this show was, and it was chaotic, um, this this marks technically the the end of our our series on on unusual heroines. Hey. 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 Yeah. So, so we're gonna take a little break. So um, so Elsie doesn't, you know die no like she genuinely might yeah this hair fever situation is no joke yeah and she's like bitching about like being overworked and stuff but anyway um so we're gonna give her two weeks off after which she'll be back to work on the first in our next series on writers of color <laughs> so excited about this no like seriously when i sat down and like checked how many of my books were written by people that like weren't white like like I don't have none I don't even have Michelle Obama's book like. like I know I was going to buy it And then like how Like oh my god It's so bad But But We are going to take steps To rectify this Yes mm-hmm. Yes yes yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So, so We are going to be back In a couple of weeks To talk about Kovri Madhavan's new novel The Tainted Which we are very excited To get stuck into um, It's available in paperback And on Kindle right now um, If you want to get stuck in Ahead of time um, Chewing Gum is available On Netflix and all four As is I May Destroy You um, Watch, enjoy, weep At Michaela Cole's Talent and impeccable Bone structure yeah, She is just beyond The hotness I just can't Genuine goals <laughs> but, but yeah that's it That's it you guys thanks so so much for listening and um yeah we'll be back in a couple weeks catch you guys soon all right you are so cute oh my god (laughs) hell yes it's putsy here from two tours one chain and uh as you remember we were taking some time out to educate ourselves on racial struggle after we sort of were racist assholes by accident earlier this month so we wanted to read some books about race and not being like real white and all and um like then the basketball playoffs started and John O's cousin got new Xbox so we sort of like didn't but thing is we're actually gonna do it this time so we're not gonna be doing no more bike repairs till we get these books read the girls they'll be back in a bit with books by like not white people so we want to have advertisements that match that tone so hold off getting your bike repaired till me and Jono and maybe even Jonesy get past chapter 2 reading books for a brighter tomorrow right here at 2 tours watching no all of them lads